Hey, how's it going? This is Ryan. And Ryan. And we're here to bring you news about tech and finance. And anything else going on in an effort to help you optimize your life. So on this podcast, we're going to start talking about some home assistance, um, as well as some other systems you can use to optimize those home automation um, systems. Yeah, it's basically like an application that um, helps you tie smart devices to your smart assistant, which... um, yeah, is what we're going to be going over again. We're going to look at the Google Home and the Amazon Alexa and compare those two to each other. Um, we're also going to talk about some stocks, um, touch on a few things from last time, um, and talk about pivot points and a new game that we're going to be starting this week. Cool. So let's talk about our two home assistants. Let's talk about the Google Home and the Amazon Alexa. All right. I think I'm going to kind of let you take the reins on this one. You did a lot of the research on the two home assistants, so... Um, what do you think of the Google Home? I think the Google Home is a really great device, and there's a bunch of different options. So for people out there that maybe are just starting to hear about the Google Home Assistant or Amazon Alexa, I'm going to break it down for you guys. Um, uh, real quick, one thing that I thought was cool is you said that there were a lot of different options. Um, just a disclaimer before we hop into these. Um, most people that program their smart devices and use um, Home Assistants properly um, tend to just use these home assistants for their microphone capabilities. Um, there's a lot of things that you can program behind the scenes and um, really they just spread out home assistants throughout their homes where they want their rooms to be smart integrated. Um, for instance, if you wanted to say something to your like ask weather in the morning in your bedroom, then you'd have one there for the microphone capability. And then if you wanted to have one to ask recipes, you'd have one in your kitchen as well. Um, Again, that's going to also tie into the application that we're going to talk about later, the um, the assistant that you can use to program your devices. Um, but anyway, Are you yeah. Are talking about IFTT? Yeah. I, I, yeah. IFT. IFT, yeah. That's what, that's what I was looking for, IFT. Um, yeah, but the Google Home actually does offer the mini, which is a really cheap option if you are just going to be using the Home Assistant for... Um, just using it for the microphone capabilities. And then there's also the Echo, Echo Dot comparatively. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, if you're just using it for <laughs> very basic tasks, turning off your lights, you know, finding out the weather, maybe the news. Um, in our house, we have an Amazon Alexa device. And I know when we wake up in the morning, we'll say, Alexa, good morning. And she'll tell us the news, what's going on throughout the day, um, any local news. Just and, with the good morning command? Yeah, just with the good morning command. And we'll say, Alexa, good morning, and she'll start talking about um, our local news and as well as some national news, which is kind of cool. Mm, so yeah, it's it's a it's a cool little device. So you can actually pick up the Amazon Echo Dot at, for fifty bucks right now, and then you can also go ahead and pick up the M or the uh, Google Mini for right around thirty dollars to fifty dollars, depending on what you get. Yeah, I know. I did a little bit of the pricing research, and um, yeah, it looked. If you, it seemed like if you looked a little bit harder, you could find something like the thirty-five to forty dollar range. Um, but I did see something as low as thirty. I think on eBay. I'm not sure if that was used or not. And then just standard from the store, they're like forty-nine ninety-nine. So yeah, I mean, if you just wanted to go straight to Best Buy to have their um, customer service or whatever help you out with it, um, then that would be one option as well. But you'd end up paying full price at a retailer like that. Yep. I'm really excited about these new smart um, smart assistants coming into the household. I, I really think they're going to be great um, for just helping organize and really retrofit your lives. So I'm, I'm excited about them. Um, yeah, one thing that's kind of cool about them is they're definitely not necessary. I mean, you can check your phone for weather, um, check your phone for whatever. But um, 
they're definitely cool. I mean, you can impress your friends with them if you're having people over for a dinner party. I mean, we have a freaking $200 bar cart that we used to like mix drinks on and stuff. I was actually using it this weekend for the first time. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's just an accessory piece. Like, you know, it's, it's comparative to that. I was just using the bar cart as a comparison, but, um, it definitely makes you lazier. That's for sure. I definitely notice <laughs> myself. The main thing I use Alexa for is to basically turn off my lights. I'm on the couch, about to watch a movie, and I don't really feel like getting up and turning off the kitchen lights, so right. I just tell her to turn them off. So that's basically what I'm using it for anyways. I mean, it's pretty um, cool still. <laughs> yeah. I remember we were over at, um, we had what, like a Thanksgiving thing or what? We had some sort of dinner for something or another. Yeah. But yeah, I remember you were like kind of showing it off to oh, some of Katie's friends. Oh, it's totally a show off piece. Every time someone comes over, we're like, oh, Alexa, turn on the lights. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It really gets, it gets attention from people. So, um, yeah. So like from that standpoint, since you are kind of using it as an attention getter, the more smart devices you have, like smart plugs and stuff, I think I saw those ranging from like 20 to $30. You can basically just plug it into an outlet and then you have that smart plug that you can access. Like, you know, like if you wanted to turn your coffee on and you don't have a smart coffee device, you mm-hmm. can make that, you know, your Mr. Coffee, you can make that a smart device. No problem. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just had a little burp there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, it's all, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with those smart plugs. You can do um, the actual plugs that plug right into your existing outlets, or you can even wire in some new smart outlets directly into your wall if you want to go that route. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess you would have a discrepancy whether you were renting or whether you owned if you wanted to 100%, yeah, yeah, whether you commit start, long term. Yeah, start digging into the wires. You don't want to. Messing thing up your rent. At that point, get the thermostat. Yeah. <laughs> the thermostats are sweet. <laughs> that's that's another thing, too, that really um, helps tie into the home and really kind of create an efficient, um, just an efficient home. So it's kind of nice. From uh, like an energy standpoint. From an energy know? standpoint, yeah. yeah. You can save a lot of money. And we'll talk more about that when we start talking about uh, IFT and how you can set up triggers and commands and different actions that happen based on those triggers so that's kind of cool but real quick i'm just going to go through and talk about the google home and alexa so google home is i think a really good device i think it's very versatile um versus amazon alexa i think it's more of it's the apple of the smart assistants in my mind it's just simple easy to use um from my perspective that's based that's my opinion but um so with the Google Home, you're looking at a four and a half out of five star rating, and then they have whoa, a. Whoa, whoa, that's on Google though. So I mean, yeah, it's kind of like they, yeah, who knows what they're doing? They might be tweaking the numbers. Right, they're throwing out the bad reviews. Yeah, uh, sorry, that one wasn't good enough. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they offer a few different speakers. I know they have the Google Home Max, which is basically a giant speaker, yep. um, which you can basically use for home entertainment. Which yeah. is nice. And I found that ranging from the 350 to the 399 range. Again, it's the same thing with the Mini. If you want to look for um, an online retailer, you might be able to find it a little lower. But. Yep. And Google is basically offering just smart speakers where Amazon Alexa has um, essentially six different options. You can get an Echo Dot, which is just the smallest speaker um, home assistant. And then they have the Echo, which is a little bit bigger speaker. Um, they just converted it. It's, I want to say maybe three inches in height. So did they go from the second generation to the third generation or is the third generation, the, um, what is it? The plus, the plus. So they're on their third generation of smart, um, home assistants, right? But is that the plus or is it a separate? No. So the echo is like a little bit smaller than the the Pringle can on the third generation. 
No, they they just changed it. So okay. the Pringle can, it, it shrinked about half the height, and then it made it a little bit um, wider, essentially. And so is that the plus or is that the third generation, though? Because that's, that's what the plus looks like. Well, too, the third right? generation is just the generations throughout um, oh, right. the okay. configuration yeah. of those new models. Mm -hmm. But now they have um, the Echo Dot, the Echo, which is a little bit bigger. Um, you're still getting the same exact features as the Echo Dot. Right. And then you go to the Echo Plus, which is um, $150 versus the Echo, which is $100. Um, but with that Plus, you're going to get a little bit bigger. It's going to be a 3-inch subwoofer. And it comes with a 0.7-inch tweeter. So you, this is going to be your best sound quality of the Echo devices. And then where um, Amazon kind of has... Um, More so than the Echo Show and Spot? Well, those are hubs as well, right? So, the yeah, they're, they're hubs. Okay. I mean, to an extent. Right. So the Dot isn't a Limited. hub. The Dot isn't a hub, but the Echo is a hub. And as well as the right. Echo Plus. And then you can also do an Echo Show, which is kind of cool. This is... I think primarily for something maybe in your kitchen because you can bring up recipes and kind of you a, a showpiece. Yeah, totally a showpiece. Um, and that one's going for two twenty nine. And then you also have the Echo Spot. So the Spot's kind of cool because it has a it's about a two inch diameter little screen. And this is best for I would say your bedroom. You can um, have your clock on there all day. You're gonna be able to actually pull up your. Um, if you have like a ring doorbell, mm -hmm. you can actually ask Alexa to pull up that video mm -hmm. and it'll show it right on the dot, which is kind of nice. So if someone's at your door, you don't necessarily have to run downstairs. You can kind of see who's there, whether it's the mailman um, or someone just dropping off the package, you know. So that's kind of nice. And then we also have an Echo Auto. So Amazon is really trying to get into the auto industry and the auto space. And I actually found out that like a auto, automobiles or like automation like automobiles yeah they're trying to get into the yeah autom automotive side of things so news to me yeah so really cool it's $25 this one just kind of sits on your dash just stick it stick it up there and plug it in hmm. um and you can do all the commands does it have a camera on it that one does not no okay cuz i know progressive has like the snapshot or whatever that you can plug right. in which would be cool if you could get a discount on your insurance maybe they'll get there someday but yeah but for now i think they're just keeping it kind of simple it's yeah. like you know you can make a reminder or send a text message things yeah. like that i know we have like a lot of like listeners probably from amazon that work on the inside so you know if you're a software developer you know just maybe consider that yep <laughs> um cool yeah so a lot of great devices Personally, I have an Amazon Alexa, but I need to get a Google Home to really um, start configuring that with all my smart home devices because I'd really like to. So you yourself, you would go with the Google Home? I think so. After just doing research and seeing how much versatility it has, I think that might be a better choice. So would you get the Google Home in addition to a smart hub? You have a smart hub. You have I do have hub. a smart home. Yeah, yeah, I have the Wink Hub. So. Yeah. I would get into it, get an addition, yeah, because sometimes you can do a lot more with the Wink Hub and you can attach onto other products mm -hmm. where sometimes the Google Home isn't going to be able to configure with those. Okay. So do you think you go with the Google Home Max or just the regular standard smart speaker? You know, I'd probably start with the uh, Google Home um, Mini, see how it works. Just for the speaker capability since you do have the hub? Yeah, I would just use it as a smart assistant. That's all I'd use it for, really. See, I'm kind of looking into something like that as well. Um, an interest of mine is like there's like rope lights that you can have to put on top of your cabinets. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen people do that with ambient yep. lighting. 
But um, I know that the Google Home does work with Z-Wave technology to an extent. And um, to my knowledge, Z-Wave technology is anything that uses a remote, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no. So that's, that's – oh. anything that uses a remote is actually infrared. Oh. That, that uses infrared light. Okay. Because yeah. that, that's, that's my dream is I want to have like some rope lights because I found some on Amazon for like $13. So you can like not have to get the Philips Hue even though Philips Hue is really cool. It comes with a great app that you can change the colors of your light. They're, they're pretty sweet honestly. But – you know, I was trying to take take the cheap route, get some thirteen dollar rope lights off of Amazon, and um, and it comes with a remote. And it comes with a remote, so yeah. So so actually, I think we were talking about this uh, last week. Mm-hmm. You can actually get a Logitech hub, mm-hmm. the Logitech Harmony hub. Yep. And what you can do is you can use the remote and basically configure it with that Harmony hub, and it'll shoot out infrared. Um, waves or light mm-hmm. to turn off like your TV or those strip lights. So you can actually you can make it happen. You just have to buy that hub for that. Okay. So it's, I'm not a, yeah I'm not opposed to that, but I guess I'd be a little more of an investment. Yeah. Whereas I I could just get the um you know the Echo Dot or the Google Home Mini, and you know I could just get the Philips Hue, which would in the long haul would probably be cheaper than getting the hub, unless I was going to get a hub anyway. I would I would probably just go for the Logitech Harmony Hub, honestly. Yeah, just you can get do, it out of the way. Yeah, because it's a hundred bucks. And those Philips Hue bulbs are really expensive. They're and like, that makes my mini capable of doing anything that I wanted to. Exactly. With just a $30 smart speaker, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's, It's a good route for people that are trying to save money. Yeah. Um, because you can buy a lot of these name brand um, smart accessories, mm-hmm. but they're going to be really expensive. Right. Um, they'll be easy to configure, but a lot of times you can just get lights that have a remote and you can just pair it with your harmony hub which is super nice yeah but and then so i want to move on and talk about um ift so a lot of people don't know much about ift and yeah. this is uh I, f- I think really highly underrated so let's let's talk about so ifttt what that means is it's called if this then that so essentially what you do is you can um configure applets and what those applets are is you create a trigger, and then that trigger creates an action. Mm-hmm. So what I think is cool is you can actually – so from my perspective, I would install a Nest thermostat, mm-hmm. and then you can actually have – there's a location trigger. So this so, is in a perfect world where little Ryan is rich. Yeah, basically, essentially. Okay. <laughs> yeah, once we get our uh, listeners up, maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Start um, getting some real ad reads. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um but it's great because you can set your home. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Just to address that, um, I know in our last week's episode, we were like, oh, yeah, like trying to make a living here online. Um, just to be clear, we are just making this podcast as like um, a tool for us to further our knowledge. I know we touched on it a little bit in the first podcast, but we're just making this as a tool to further our knowledge. We're looking into things that we have interest in and we're trying to bring those to our friends. Realistically, we don't care if we get a lot of listeners. We're just trying to bring you guys anything that we find interesting you know that'll optimize your life which hence the name of the podcast sorry i just had to had to cut in no totally 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 (laughs) yeah we're just trying to create some awesome content for our listeners out there and our friends so if you guys love it keep listening subscribe yeah i've heard reviewing stuff is good uh we have zero reviews right now but i've heard from other podcasts i listen to that good reviews are good (laughs) yeah so if you guys want to throw in a little five star for us that'd be awesome that'd be sweet We'd, we'd appreciate it um, all right, so yeah, back to IFTTT. It's a long name, and it does a lot, though. It's I great. Mean, I think it's awesome. So you just, yeah, it's great, because what you can do, like one scenario for you is you can set it to where 
if you're within two miles of your home or even a mile or even 500 feet, it's great. You can set location um, pretty accurately. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get within a mile of your home Mm -hmm. and you have your home set to 60 degrees. You can have it heat up to 70 degrees once you get within that um, exact location within like a mile of your home, which is super nice. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, there's also, so we're, we're, we look at stocks a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you can actually set it to where if a certain stock goes up in by 10% or down by 10%, you can have your lights change colors to like kind of notify you. So that would be cool. Cause I know later in the podcast, we're going to talk about pivot training or pivot trading. Um, I'll probably touch on it pretty briefly cause we kind of have gotten a little behind on time here, but, um, that'd be really interesting if you could set different colors for different levels of support and different levels of resistance in your pivot trading. Again, we'll talk about that later, but that would be really cool. And it would actually allow you to optimize your investment strategy. Um, the levels of support are level, a level of support would be something that you would want to invest at and a level of resistance is something you would want to sell at. So if you did have an algorithm or you did have a trading setup where you could use if this, then that basically, to make your trades for you. <laughs> You'd say, if a stock reaches this price, execute this trade. I mean, it would be insane, but essentially, that's what you You're know, saying. I wonder if um, IFT actually has an applet that you can build for that. Maybe tr- tie in your E-Trade account or your Robinhood account to do that. So we're going to stop talking about that because I'm going to go into app development and I'm going to make this and become a millionaire. Anyway, moving on. Though. All right, all right. I'm going to look <laughs> forward to that. <laughs> have the most intuitive stock trading algorithm you've ever seen <laughs> cool so you want us to talk about some stocks what do, what do you think and what's up with the stock market right now um so i don't want to keep reverting to the last podcast but in the last podcast one of our listeners did reach out to me so i guess this is technically a review um again we're just making it for our friends so one of my friends that i had shared the podcast with um he mentioned that he didn't know what an ipo was i was like dude have you not seen wolf of wall street that's like John Madden shoes, you know, yeah. <laughs> or no, John Madden, John Madden's the manager of the Cubs, Steve Madden, Steve, Steve Madden, baby, Steve, Steve Madden. Madden, bringing out those lady shoes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically what they're talking about with that in uh, Wolf of Wall Street is an initial public offering. And that's the first time that a stock is listed, um, available for trade. Um, I know you're talking about Neo IPO in September. So the first time that you could publicly buy a share of Neo, the Chinese car manufacturer, or yeah chinese car man okay electric car i didn't know if they manufactured um but if you wanted to buy that the second it came out came available to trade then you would have been trading on an ipo yep um so moving on from there um i got a couple new apps for this podcast again i'm just doing research about stuff to um bring to you guys and you know obviously further my knowledge base as well investing.com is an app that i found at the um the iphone app store what is it? I keep Google Play stuck in my head. What do you mean? Just the App Store, right? What's the Apple App Store? Yeah, just App Store. Apple, yeah, yeah whatever. Just App Store. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, investing.com and then um, obviously Robinhood. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Robinhood. It allows you to execute free trades. Um, I also downloaded Stash and Stockpile. Um, I'm interested in like investing in like some precious metals. Um, so rather than buying an ounce of gold for 12033 three dollar or twelve hundred and thirty three dollars whatever it's trading at now you could buy a portion of it with i believe stockpile or stash i'm not sure i haven't gone into looking into those apps but next episode definitely we'll probably touch on that because i'm pretty interested in the both of them anyway um (laughs) 
I just read this comment here that I typed up. Uh, the first stock that I was interested in is Yamana Gold. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that entirely correct. Okay. Ticker, sing, ticker symbol um, A-U-Y. Um, so I was looking at investing.com, and it was kind of funny. I saw a comment that said, Peter Schiff brought you here, which um, isn't directly true for myself. I do listen to Peter Schiff, and I do love Peter Schiff. But um, I, was in, I was interested in investing in uh, materials and goods far before I started listening to Peter Schiff, though I do think he makes a lot of valid points. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, that was just the first comment that I found at investing.com on this site or on this uh, stock when I was looking at Humana Gold. Um, yeah, because I know you just got out of the market a few months back. And now you're you just dipped back in. Yeah, and you're mainly <laughs> and you're mainly in gold stocks right now, right? Correct. Yeah, I have two positions, both um in gold, silver mining stocks. Um, they also do copper mining as well. Um, but well, yeah. silver's gonna be pretty big, right? Because silver goes into uh, the manufacturing of a lot of batteries, right? Yeah, and silver is actually at a staggering low price right now. So. Um, if you have any interest now would be a good time to maybe take a look into it um we're not here to make stock recommendations but if you did want to ever invest you can buy you know solid like you could buy a silver bracelet essentially and that would hold its value in silver yep so um that's one thing that's cool about invest investing in precious materials um is they they can't take that away from you essentially you know it, it's it, the, the price will never go to zero because it's a precious metal you know yep. it, it's it's been established as to why it's a precious metal i couldn't tell you but it, <laughs> I mean, but it is um it's shiny so yeah i mean not to get too in depth um i think there you know might be a prolonged correction um otherwise known as a bear market yeah um been seeing a lot of on that the horizon already. yeah i think we're gonna see some interesting um trade deals made with donald trump running for re-election now that the midterms are over and there's a split house um yeah that's gonna be yeah i mean it'll be interesting it'll if be nothing interesting. else yeah i don't want to fully commit to saying any predictions especially yeah. on a platform that could be heard by a lot of people but interesting is what i'll stick with um so, yeah, uh, one thing that I saw about Umana Gold that stuck out to me is that they did just open a new mine. It's called the Cerro Moro Mine, and it had its first four full co- wow, <laughs> first full quarter, I don't know why that was difficult to say, of commercial production in quarter three. Um, it provided significant contributions to overall performance with production run rates already at the levels needed to meet both guidance for 2018 and 19. And Umana Gold does have a reputation of setting incredibly high guidance for themselves so the fact that their mine is meeting that guidance um in its first quarter of production to me was pretty um intriguing um also it's trading at a near 52 week low i picked up five shares i mean i'm just you know brushing the surface of the market here they're, they're like two dollar and 19 cent shares yeah really low and the 52 week low is two dollar and 17 cents what's and 52 week high on that guy Oh, uh, I think it's 380 or so. Actually, I can just check here. Um, yeah, 380. Wow. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, this kind of, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I was setting pivot trading benchmarks for myself. So I'd set. What's a, what's a, tell me a little bit about pivot trading. What is that? Um, so pivot trading benchmarks. Yeah, so pivot trading, there is a formula that we can go over. Um, the pivot point, also known as a PP, is the high divided by the low. Divide, or wait, 
sorry. <laughs> so the high plus the low plus the close price divided by three. And that is establishing a baseline, essentially, where you think the stock will be around for the tomorrow's trading day. Okay. Um, you can always... You can, and you all, can, do, can you do this on a 52-week? Oh, yeah. You can do it on a one-year basis. You can do it on a monthly, m- monthly basis. You can set pivot points for the month. Um, you can set pivot points for the week, day, hour, minute. Um, a lot of like penny stock traders um, that do like pump and dump stuff, um, they'll sell it and trade at pivot points. Um, so, so if your pivot point is below the low, right? What does that mean for you? So that would be at an S one, which would be the first support level, and that would be the formula for determining S one is two times the pivot point minus the high. So that would be your first level of support where your you know your interest is peaked if you're planning on you know making a quick transaction you might invest at the first level of support and then sell it at the first level of resistance okay um if you're more of a value trader and you're looking to hold for a little more long term maybe like a one week span or a month span um that's really not a long term to hold the stock in um relative terms but if you're trying to do some quick turnaround um then you might look at like but you're not trying to spend a lot of money right. so relatively quick turnaround i suppose then you might look at the second level of support which is just um, the pivot point PP um, minus the high minus the low is the formula for that. So that's the second level of support. So once you hit resistance, that's that's a good time to sell, essentially. Um, right, and resistance is just determined by the pivot point plus the high minus the low. So second second resistance, I'll just give it to you straight up. Second resistance is pivot point plus high minus low. Um, and high minus low is in parentheses, so... Little math lesson for you. You do those first, <laughs> um, and then the second level of support S two is the pivot point minus minus the high minus the low. So again, high and low are in parentheses, and you're subtracting your high minus low fluctuation from your pivot point established from yesterday or the previous hour. Interesting. Um, so, like I said, I had done that kind of unknowingly. Um, I set a level of support at um, two nineteen for um, Umana Gold. And then I also set another one at um, 2.16. Okay. So I had no idea about pivot point pay- trading at the time. Hadn't even heard of it. I thought you misused the term pivot in our last podcast. Actually. Oh, yeah. I was talking about pivoting on the market. But yeah, yeah. pivot points. Okay, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, pivoting on the markets. But um, no, I'm talking about like more like short term. Um, but yeah, like I set a support one basically. And then I set a support two. At support one being the 2.19. Support two being the 2.16. And um, I mean... My resistance has really yet to be determined. Like I said, I really wasn't sure about this um, in, like when I was doing it. So um, as far as when I sell, I can look at resistance. And um, you know, if it does make a little jump up, then I could you know, use resistance levels to you know, execute sales as well. But um, yeah, that's just a little bit about pivot point trading. Um, yeah, the other stock I was looking at, uh, what was it? Um, I, li- I, like, I like this uh, this theory. We should definitely try it out in our... In our game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we're about to get to that. Um, we did go a little bit longer than we wanted to. We'll try to be better about that in the future. Um, we're trying to keep this to, like, about 20 minutes. Um, typical work commute, you know, if you just wanted to, like, pop this on in the morning. Um, anyway, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Right. But uh, it's looking like we're probably going to be over. Anyway, <laughs> without wasting any more time. Um, yeah, the other, group, the other stock that I bought into, um, it's uh, Gold Corp Incorporated. Um, and I believe I bought them at nine 
fifteen, and then I set a second level of support at nine oh five, and okay. these are just both five share purchases. So like I'm like just getting into it, you know, like getting back into it. Um, I don't have a ton Baby of money steps. to yeah yeah I don't have I don't have a ton of money to be investing right now. Um, I have or I had two seasonal jobs and both of them were over. So um, if I could do some day trading and profit off of that, I think that'd be really cool because I'm gonna have plenty of free time to do more research. But um, anyway, um, yeah, Gold Corp, there's an article that I found interesting in the research that I was doing about them. Um, it's brought to us by the Fedler Report by Jesse Fedler, or Felder. The Felder? The Felder Report. It's definitely Felder. <laughs> right. um, anyway, and it reads, it looks to me like they have been left for dead and for this reason present a terrific opportunity for the true value investor, regardless of the bullish ease... For- Bullish case for gold. Sorry, it's a little bit small font here. I'm reading it off my phone. Um, and if the gold price takes off, today's bang share prices will certainly look like an unbelievable bargain in retrospect. So basically, he's saying that these bang stocks were typically um, trained to follow the fang stocks. That's fang with an F being Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google or Alphabet. And um, these bank stocks that he's referring to are Barrick Gold, which is a gold miner um, corporation, Enico Eagle, ticker symbol AEM, Newmont Mining, which is um, a huge mining industry. Um, I have a lot of interest in them as well. I set a couple buy orders, but they didn't get to that um, first level of support. And then Gold Corp, which I did buy five shares of Gold Corp. So that was the bank stock, which he said that we should be focusing on. And um, the price is now, relative to this recent um, dip in the gold stock market, um, he's saying that that's going to be an unbelievable bargain in retrospect. So, Yeah, to um, you guys listening to, if you want to check out Newmont Mining, their ticker symbol is NEM, yeah. just for reference. Yeah, and definitely worth looking into, in my opinion. Um, anyway, I guess we could probably move on from there. Um, enough of the financial talk. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about our game. We're going to start doing a little... Uh, we doing monthly or weekly? Um, we'll update it weekly. We'll update what it is, and we can maybe add a stock to update, so we could like cycle forward a time eventually. Okay. So like next week we'll reference this one, and then we'll make another pick, and then the following week we'll reference both of them, and make another pick. So, so I know we got some picks already. Yeah. Um, with some major major growth picks. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little about yours, and I'll I'll kind of give my um, so Teladoc. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Teladoc is mentioned um, pretty frequently in um, the Market Foolery podcast by the Motley Fool. I like I like this stock. I yeah. really like this stock. Yeah, it's, it's it's really cool. So a little bit about the stock. What they do is it's like virtual healthcare is what I think they go by. Is what they're essentially des- yeah. yeah is what they're describing themselves as. But they work with healthcare providers to um, basically have a FaceTime meeting with a doctor. And one of the guys on Motley Fool, I would listen to this podcast, said that he did it in the parking lot of his daughter's horse riding practice. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) So, all right. What's he really care about at that point? Yeah, I mean, I guess he was just giving it a crack and seeing if it worked. Yeah, um, no doubt. What was he doing? Was he getting like a prescription done? So, he had like an ear infection or something like that, and he just needed to get a prescription filled. But I think he ended up having to go in to get the prescription filled. But he met with a physician on his FaceTime, and they basically diagnosed him from like... I think it's on their platform. I don't think it's like using FaceTime or anything like that. Right. I'm pretty sure it's on their app. But um yeah, it's basically like a healthcare app. So 
Um, it makes it super simple for users to basically just get on and talk to a doctor immediately. How long's right. what's the wait time on those guys? Um, you know, I think they, so when they were talking about it, like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. It's only like 10, 15 minutes, not a long wait time at all is what they were saying. Um, in that Motley Fool podcast, um, I should stop shouting them out so much, even though they are great. Actually, you know what? Go ahead. Go listen to Motley Fool. They're awesome. (laughs) Um, they have a bunch of different podcasts that can cater to anything you're looking for. Anyway. So since we do, um, have a split house now, um, I think that was a little bit of why we saw a pullback on Teladoc. Um, I know it. I don't think it's integrated so with Obamacare. Being, so Democrats aren't aren't really supporting this. Um, well, Democrats or, are kind of going in like a socialist direction. So okay. they're looking at like universal health care, where mm. this isn't supported. Um, it, it's a private health care app, I'm pretty sure. Right. But it is supported by um, whatever this guy had, whether it be like Blue Cross Blue Shield or whatever right. it was. So I'm d- not sure he said. So does it? Do you know if it works with like any insurance provider, or is it just? Um, I, so they're obviously trying to expand that now, and I'm not sure of the specific details right. of how they're going about doing that. But I'm pretty sure Obamacare is bad news for Teladoc. So it did pull back significantly, um, and yeah, you know, you always look to buy in the dips, and it's been showing consistent growth prior. So I think they're going to have a pretty good bounce back off this. Awesome. I think it's just on some you know cyclical news that you know is short term, and they're a solid company, so they're going to overcome it, no problem. So Teladoc ticker symbol T D O C is my pick. Awesome. What do you think the growth is going to be this week? <laughs> I, it's hard. I mean, obviously, it's hard <laughs> to predict the market. But yeah. Um, you know, because you're thinking growth. Well, yeah, I mean, we're looking at, what, a one-month span that we're going to be reviewing these in. So, obviously, I think it's going to have significant growth in the short term. So, I'll just leave it at that and let my stock do the talking for me. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) So, my – so, essentially, what I picked for my monthly pick is going to be Canopy – Lulu is murdering that Santa Claus right now. (laughs) Ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. If you hear the jingles, it is my girlfriend's Boston Terrier border collie mix just absolutely massacring the Santa. It had four limbs and it has now no limbs, and she recently ripped the stuffing out of it, so she's just. Well, yeah. Now she's got now she's got four toys, man. It's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Split it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, I picked Canopy Growth. They're Canadian um, pot stock. So I I we did see a pretty large dip this last week. I think they went down like three percent. Um, did they bounce back when um, Donald Trump asked Jeff Ses- Jeff Sessions to resign? Yeah, but I don't think that affects them because they're Canadian. Oh, so there's no okay. Yeah, I don't think that really affects them. Yeah. But um, the cannabis industry is growing exponentially in in Canada. So I could I could see uh, Canopy Growth taking a huge leap of growth. All right. So you think they're going to outperform Teladoc in one month or do you think I just got a better one here you missed? You know, I think we'll have to just wait and see. All right. You think I'm going to be down or do you think what do you think about that? Uh, I, think, to... I think I might see Canopy Growth fall apart because marijuana stocks have typically been a pump and dump type scheme, but um with it being federal, federally legal, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for canopy growth, I think. Yep, I think we're just going to have to see it at the end of the month. I mean, it's pretty short term, but we'll, uh, we'll watch it. All we'll, right. keep you guys, we'll keep you guys updated on yeah. that. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, this was podcast number two. And now we're looking forward to having you guys next time. Ryan, you got anything to sign off on? No, man, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, have a good one. Peace.